Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan Read-Through Podcast. My name is Peter Bond, and with me today is AJ Faleri, the producer of the show. They're doing well, and they do not have the novel coronavirus. I do not have the coronavirus, as a matter of fact, uh, but I... Knock I, on wood. Yeah, knock on wood, but uh, unfortunately, my partner does. So that's a bummer, but I'm feeling good, so... Oh, we also have Joshua Dean Baker. Oh, I'm second? This is so lovely. I feel wonderful. The dream snaker, the one, the only. And then most importantly on this day, here aside me in the human flesh, we're touching skin right now, is India Jones. Hello, hello. I've never felt happier to be in the space of meat with my PB, the meat space. You heard it here first. We are so happy. We're in the meat space. That's right. Um, We are, I am here in the city of Philadelphia. Um, touching India's flesh. I was supposed to be touching Josh and AJ's, but yeah. plans change. But uh, it is the week of it is the week of May sixteenth, uh, and COVID is now once again raging in the United States. So yeah, I'm like set. I'm eight people's close contact. So really loving life over here. <laughs> <laughs> living your best life yet. But um, yeah. So that's what's going on. I'm underneath a large cheetah themed blanket. Uh, had a meatball sub today. We listened to some. Pe- old Italian people talk about the Eagles. Oh, so go birds. That's go the birds. good shit. Go birds. That's the good stuff. Go birds. Having, having a good time, having a great trip. Yeah. So that's what's uh, going on over here. How are you doing, Joshua Dean Baker? Pretty all right. My birthday was yesterday. I made a lovely dinner for me and my fiance. Had a nice... Happy birthday, Josh. Had a nice salmon with some mashed potatoes, made creamed spinach for the first time ever. Fucking Ooh. bomb. Recommend nice. it. Did you have a dessert? Uh, before dinner, I was driving to go get some stuff from the grocery store, and I saw a little farm market I haven't noticed, and there was an ice cream stand out front, so I did have a nice 3 p.m. milkshake, and that was my nice. dessert. Nice, 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 nice. All right, um, well, that's, we've caught up with everyone, so do you want to start the show? Sure. I was trying to snub you. I thought it would be a fun joke. I mean, we did catch up with me. I've been exposed to the novel coronavirus, and I do not have it, so. Yeah. That's how what? I'm doing. There's nothing else to be said about AJ's you know, life right now. I was, There's nothing else to be said about it. They do not have the yeah, I, I went back to Stormvale Castle to just Ugh. beat beat some guys in one hit. It was very fun. I have not played in like three weeks and it's killing me. Yeah, this is the first time I played in several weeks as well. Is uh, this a gamer thing? Or it's Elden yeah, Ring, Elden baby. Ring. Come on. Oh, I'm also I'm also at my partner's standing desk because she's in bed, so I can use her desk. <laughs> so oh, I'm her recording. desk is nice. How is the standing desk? I've never really used one. The energy is great. I can do this. You know, You're jumping around. Oh, for the audience, like. he, uh, AJ is moving back and forth, uh, yeah. shaking yeah, their arms. Up. I'm jogging. Wow. You know, jogging I'm great. in place. Jogging, as the Europeans say. All right. Should we? Shall we? I yeah, let's get into it. If we must. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the chapter 11 summary. Oh, by the way. This is a Malazan read-through podcast. Oh. <laughs> we, we, are, we are here to discuss Shit. Toll the Hounds chapters 13 and 14. 11 and 12. 11 and 12, baby. Minus 2, 11 and 12. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't let you finish. Didn't let you finish. <laughs> you cut me off. Uh, it, brings, it brings us to the beginning of book three. So let's get into it. There are some uh, good chapters. Chapter 11. While Krupp ruminates about children and labor, Harlow brings Bones back to Devan Toll. Torvald Nam wonders about Studious Locke, about his past in One-Eyed Cat, and what are under the masks. Nam breaks in to see the Lady of the State to speak about the issue. He has a cryptic conversation with the woman, then leaves thinking more on Studious. Krupp and Baruch speak about violence and what counts as it. Barithol has set up his business, but thugs come to break it up. He fights them off and starts to make armor and weapons. We see a montage of characters across the city, coming to assassins who descend upon Krolls. Inside the bar, Blue Pearl is looking at some casks. A ghost passes. Nancy is following a rat and Blend is watching nobles. Then the assassins attack, and a melee bursts out in the bar. 
Mallet is struck in the stomach by a crossbow and dies. Blue Pearl is killed. Ansi fights off a few with a sharper and works with Picker. Glenn wakes up after being struck down. Barathol and Chower fight off more assassins about to enter. Looking around and seeing the dead, Ansi says he feels old. Cutter is walking through the city when he hears a familiar voice. He identifies her as Chalice de Arl, and she does not correct him. Josh, did you do a lot of work as a kid? Uh, I mean, in some ways, yeah. My dad has a second job as a landscaper, so I helped him out with that in the summers. Did a lot of landscaping. Yeah, my parents made me get a job when I was 14. Would you liken that to working in the mines? Which is that was that similar to the mine working the child labor experience? Well, in the fact that I was under 18 and therefore a minor, then yes, I guess you could compare the two. Nice, nice, nice. Thank Mining you. joke. Minor joke. Nice. That was actually Oh, that was so good. So good. So good. <laughs> Thank you, India. Well, I think I, I took the brave anti-child labor stance last week. I, I'm glad to see Krupp did as well. Yes. Um, <laughs> this was, can I say real quick, uh, this was the first time so far in the book that I understood Steve being like, you know, Krupp narrates this a lot and people would be upset. I literally hadn't put two and two together until this opening that Krupp was the narrator most of this book. AJ has said that in the audio it's very yeah. clear yeah but i was just very oblivious to it until this first one when i was like god this narrator is really fucking like languishing in this and then i was like ah i got it now i figured yeah. it out yeah good job buddy uh just yeah. uh, rule of rule of thumb i guess the beginning and end of most chapters is crap but see if yeah. steve had never told me i would have never noticed sure the reason too, like if you have the audiobooks he talks like this and that's how you know it's him yeah 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 it's <laughs> i very, love very, it it's a very wacky but do you voice. Not, do you guys not feel like there's like this stylistic difference outside of even the audiobook thing? Yeah, it's super long. They're all just words, buddy. It mm. is so rare for me to put them to like hear a voice when I read these words most of the time. I was shocked. I finally noticed. I'm just saying Krupp yeah. speaks in a certain way. It's not like he... It's very roundabout. It's very like yeah. rhymey. Yeah, there's a very... lot of like word and then statement and then the same word. Uh, like he ends this section with soon, one hopes, soon. Correct. Like that's... Stuff, correct, crop, correct, crop correct. Stuff like that. I agree, uh, Peter. I agree. It yeah. might just be because we're together, but I agree with everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> the energy does feel like you two hosting as like a as like a co-host, and me and Josh are here as guests. Yes. Well, we're under this blanket to help with the audio, so it does feel like yeah. we're having a kind of sleepover yeah, pajama just time. Just us. Only. <laughs> Very intimate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so yeah, we touch in and we see that that uh, continues working at the mine. So India, there's this scene where we return to this now kind of estate, which some of the characters have, have amassed at. Mm -hmm. and, and we get more look at Studious Lock. And then there's kind of a conversation around that. Do you have any, do you have, is this grabbing you? Is this something you're, you want to follow more on? Can you repeat the question? I just got so excited to <laughs> stare at you while you asked me the question. I didn't even um, listen to it. <laughs> So, so we've kind of Torvald, Scorch, and Laugh. Their oh, yes. plot has kind of moved to this estate with these kind of mm -hmm. strange new figures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is this something you're interested in? I am in? interested in it. Okay. I am interested in it. Um, I, I'm interested in the hijinks of it all. Torvald, like, thinking that he's doing he's doing a thing by, like, jumping onto the roof and, like, rolling all around, trying to be all stealthy, only to for her to be sitting in the room that he comes in like, oh, hey, I, I bet you did that on accident or to tell me something. Yeah. You weren't just breaking into my house. That was really good. I love it. I'm interested. I'm eager. I think that's it. I like it. I'm intrigued. And I think it's funny. I think it's like, what the fuck is going on? Plus, I think the three of them are such pleasurable characters to spend time around. I, agree. I mean, like, I just like, I don't know. I, I'm always good to hang out. They're just, it's a good vibe to hang out there. Me too. AJD got big studios lock ideas. Uh, no, but I like the classic uh, Steve thing of being like, yeah, this character's name is Studlock. Nope, just kidding. That's short for Studious Lock, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got you. <laughs> got you again. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 uh, I don't know. Cool, I guess. Uh, I don't have have real feelings about about Studious Lock as as a person yet. Mysterious stuff going on. Can't wait to figure it out. What what it is. Ha like what is happening? Um, Who do you think smarter, Scorch or Left? 
Uh, oh man, I All right, s- it was a joke. You don't need. Yeah, to. I know. I know. It's uh, that, that's conf- ah, that's hard though. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I. I don't know if I, I think I, they're matched in wits. That's what yes, I would say. That's what I would say. <laughs> um, uh, I do just want to. We we skipped right past uh, Harlow talking to uh, Devada Nantol and giving him. Yeah, new- you guys were really stoked on him last time. Loved. Him. Yeah. It's Great fucking guy. sick. I can't believe you just fully <laughs> glossed over Completely it. Completely went right over it. Agreed. <laughs> okay. Um, not agreed, actually. Har- Harlow's like, yeah, I'll bring you splints. And then he accidentally grabs like leg bones from Inala some. Inala legs. From an from, like, last uh, from book. an yeah. In lava, yeah. Uh, and he's like, are these splints? And he's like, no, but I should be able to use them as my real legs. So I guess that's also a thing you can do as a, 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 a Talonamass is just like switch different bones out for your body I, parts. I wanted to talk but about I, this because we have literally I met. They st- I, I, yeah, we've literally met a Talonamass who have been like, oh, my bones are gone. Guess I'll rest here. And this one's like, nope, give me your fucking cat bones. Here we go. <laughs> right. But I thought that they that um, he said that he needs to like do the ritual. Like there needs to be a ritual to be able to use the legs. He was one. He he was trying to figure out if he had undergone the Talon ritual. He like wasn't even sure if that's what's happened to him because he like literally can't even see himself. Yeah, I guess he could just be cursed, right? Like he could just yeah. be some dude who was cursed to live forever. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Sounds like sounds like he's a Talon though, or t- you know, as part of that whole thing. Because like, it, c- correct me if I'm wrong. He was like. He had been buried underground and just happened to be around the ritual. Is that what happened? And then he like became undead and was like, well, fuck, I'm just stuck underground now. It's kind of what it sounds like. I think that's what happened. right? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so I just I I thought it was cool that he can swap out his legs for for brand new legs like a Lego person. That's all. That's all I got. All right. So India, they're having this conversation and they're doing a classic Steve two people having a philosophical conversation scene. Mm. where they're like, so is there a difference between someone just murdering a guy and someone <laughs> raising the price of bread to murder a bunch of guys? I love mm-hmm. it. What do you think? Big difference? Do you think this counts? I have no time for this um, <laughs> at all. I have no time This for is it. not what you want out of the book. No, it's not at all. Like, obviously there are a lot of parallels. We talk about them all the time to like real world, capitalism, la la la, colonialism. We get mm. it. Um, so we get it. Sure, I, Why I, are we still talking about that. it, Peter? <laughs> so at the end of the day, I'm just going to say it is different because you're indirectly killing someone rather than directly killing someone. All right. Let's just be logical about it. We don't have to be philosophical about it. Like, but if yeah, we're going to be philosophical about it, okay, you're killing a lot of people and that's not cool either. <laughs> AJ, I see you just switched on a lava lamp. What, what, how do you feel? <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't see a lava AJ, lamp. AJ, turn that lava lamp off. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? I kind of meant like we got got a college lava lamp line going. Oh, on. I see. I see. Okay, yes. Like we're high talking about like. Yeah, we're going you know, around whoa, the whoa, whoa. We're, we're, <laughs> uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> high I, on I'm, life and 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 companionship is what I hear. <laughs> and whippets. <laughs> and whippets. Yeah, of um. course. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, yes, they're they're both both certainly heinous acts. I think my problem is with the the verbiage exactly. I don't know if I would classify raising the price of bread as a violence, but that's like a semantic thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's definitely a bad. Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it definitely it has gets, it, consequences, but it gets caught up in a language game and not like the more important conversation. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess to say it's an act of violence, sure. I don't know, but to say that it is violence exactly is, is but you know, like I said, it's semantic. They're both bad and, uh, you know, I don't know. And this, Josh, you told me the other day that it doesn't matter because another company would come and start selling cheaper bread and then like kind of the competitive nature of markets would kind of even it all out, you said. I think capitalism is inevitable and to do anything other than try <laughs> and get to the top of it is a waste of your fucking time. Damn, dude. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> um. Yes, I just said the word sheeple today. I so agree. In- India called us all sheeple. See, she said we're Americans are sheeple. I did I say mean, that. I did. In fairness, I did say that. Yeah, I nice. said we are very comfortable. We live a very comfortable oh, life. Oh, you people will move mountains for comfort. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. So there's this scene of, you know, well, what's new? People having this type of conversation in, <laughs> yeah. in these books, you know. It's a good combo. But, man, it's a good combo. It's something I feel like is relevant to the internet. I feel feel like I read about this online. Yeah, um, it seems like the, the kind of passage that would pop up a lot in forums and stuff. 
Yeah. Pete, are we going to are we going to go back and talk about the reveals with Studious Lock and stuff? I noticed you didn't do that in the recap. Are we going to go back and talk about those things? What do you want to talk about? The fact that there's just like three unmasked Segula, a thing that we didn't know they could be doing in the city. Um, wait, what are the, what? Wait, what? The Segula. So oh, that, that live that work for what's her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the people with, who scared Scorch and left. Yeah. Yeah. Lazador, yeah. Mad Run and Studious Lock. Yeah. Look at look at you. I'm what looking you, at the reread. <laughs> what are these? What are these fucking names? So do we and we and the and the mistress seems to just know that this is a chill thing and is fine with it. So are, are we just like setting up three Segula versus, versus Traveler and fucking Carsa? Because that sounds pretty sick. That would be amazing. Yeah. I love the Segula. Where's Lady Envy? On a boat. She has not gotten off her boat yet. She's on the boat in the harbor. So much. No, that's not. Is that Envy? I thought that was Spite. Spite came with Mappo. Spite. Spites on the you're right you're right you're I right don't maybe know this is lady envy look maybe she went and got more segula she had the one that she was fucking uh, with. that's actually uh that's a point yeah that's something i don't know if it is really something but it could be you know I that's could, yeah, you know, hey. that's hey that's these books you know that's these books exactly yeah anyway josh no i think that's i mean it is it's fucking sick but also it's just i don't know it doesn't really mean anything right now to me it's like yeah this is it exists, but... Okay, I just wanted to make sure be- so that the Discord's not like, they didn't even catch the Segula thing. I want to make sure people know we, we saw it. We saw it. They also, there was also the One-Eyed Cat Talk. That's a, that's a dumb shit name for a town, and I will Yo, stand by you. that. I love One-Eyed Cat. That's one of my favorite names of towns on Genabacus, bro. That's like <laughs> any, dude, if that's like any of the shit in PA, where it's just all those dumb ass names that make no, like, no. King of Prussia. You, you got something to say? <laughs> yeah, One-Eyed Cat is nonsense to me. And that's in a world where people just go by the name Crocus Younghand. Like, you could be Fuck whatever, you, but I go think. Birds. <laughs> go Birds. <laughs> yeah. May as well call it Schukeltown or some bullshit made up word. Schukeltown. All right. Well, there's a short scene with Barathol, AJ, where we see him trying to set up the shop. Yeah. There's some trouble. Yeah. Right here in River City. um, Right here in River City. Have you ever gotten any flack for trying to operate your business without a permit? Uh, no, and because I operate under the legal restrictions of the state of Pennsylvania, uh, as, as set out by all the paperwork I had to do to set up the LLC that we make the show under. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I only, I only make podcasts in this office. I never do anything else. And that's actually, it's actually pretty fun because I can, uh, for the other work I do for, for my, my, never mind. That's a totally tangent. I don't need to talk. About I love that. this. I'm so I can curious. play video games at my desk and still call it work because I have a show that I talk about video games on. <laughs> so good. So good. I'm anyway, working right uh, now too. <laughs> She's on the clock. Um, no, I haven't. And uh, this scene is another scene in this uh, chapter that was just, I mean, we start with child labor and then Krupp and Baruch have that whole conversation about what is violence. And then Barathol's just trying to operate a business and he's getting fucking, I almost said union busted, but I guess he's not in a union. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of similar, right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know uh, he's getting rules and r- rules and regged out of, uh, operating a lot of a lot of capitalism in this in this chapter well he doesn't have he didn't do the right paperwork he didn't do the right paperwork no well he tried to do the right paperwork though he did he did he did try but you know hey if the system's gonna try and fuck you over all you have to do is say if you don't let me do this i'm gonna blow you up um so i guess violent revolution you know yeah or the threat of violent revolution calling for violence on the show yeah Um, it's a call to action action. (laughs) (laughs) like like comment and and Like, okay. comment, and like run comment and go smithy. burn down the government building in your town. That's what we're saying. <laughs> All right. Listen, I'm going to I'm not going to I'm not going to lie to you. I've just been waiting till we got to the real meat of the chapter. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. OK. So we, Cutter, we then have and brief, <laughs> Cutter and Chalice. Cutter and Chalice. We'll get to them. But there's kind of this montage through other characters who don't really get highlighted in the city. Mm-hmm. And then we come to Kroll's bar and sorry, see... I just want to say, sorry, I just want to say I really loved the Marilio Stoney stuff. Um, oh, yeah, talking about nice. how like yeah, great. when they talk and then she she cries for the first time and then feels like the more she does it, the easier it gets. I just thought that was really nice. Uh, so I just wanna, call out. Just want to touch on that. Just two good characters that are good. Yeah. To Kroll's bar. <laughs> yeah. So outside of Kroll's bar, it, the, the montage kind of ends with those assassins and then they kind of descend and there's a huge... Uh, Bloodbath, I would say. Yeah. Um, so, India, how, what, what did you think of this scene? I was upset. 
these characters didn't mean a lot to me, but it's just like the way it happened. It was kind of like a Red Wedding vibe where I was just like, what the fuck? What the fuck is happening? Mm. And I was very upset. And then, was it Mallet? Mallet died? Yeah. Mm. That was rough. Devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was upset. And also just like, I hate when characters like, and Steve does this a lot, when important characters to me die in the most unimportant ways. And I'm just like, this is so upsetting. Like you mm-hmm. literally like didn't even stand a chance. You just like died so unceremoniously. Like, and that's what happened. And that made me sad. So I was very not hot on this. I was very upset, but I did like it um, because like, it wasn't like a battle, you know, like we weren't like slinging magic and making huge waves of magic that I don't understand. It was just like some good kill you with a crossbow. We're in the bar, it's close, it's personal. Good old fashioned assassination, you know? Exactly. If you can't smell their fear, it's not right. It doesn't doesn't feel good. And it's also sad that like they just realized like a little too late, like yeah, just a Mm -hmm. little too late what was gonna go down. That's all it takes, baby. I do agree. I think it's always sadder when, you know, it, you know, these people don't have some big hero moment or something. It's just like, yeah, well, then he got shot. Right. And then he's dead. And now he's dead. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. I mean, it's more real in a sense, but. Yeah. But I mean, Mallet, we haven't even seen in this book at all sure. <laughs> until this part where he dies. Uh, it's just really, really devastating. Really devastating. And then there's the whole kick open the gate whiskey jack, which I don't know what that means, but. Well, it's like, you know. Open up hell for me. I'm coming, buddy. Yeah, I guess I, I, I yeah, I guess part of me was trying to take it literally, you know, like come out with your ghost army friends. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be really good. We actually have never seen Ghost Whiskey Jack. He's like the one which yeah. makes me think he's somewhere else. I don't want to see. I, I, well, hated, he's part of that. We all know we all hated the fucking ghost army and I never want to see a ghost army again. <laughs> well, well we've got you liked House of Chains a lot. Yeah, I did but not. I didn't like the ghost army part. I fully thought she was talking about Return of the King, and I was like, I didn't know India was so anti Eric, you know. <laughs> well, she is. That's that's documented in our What's very Return first Patreon King? bonus. The last Lord of the Rings thing. That too was fucking stupid. Remember that? We watched that. Uh, yes, I is not my favorite beat in that. Book that was so fucking either. stupid. It, it whenever whenever a un, just one random rant gripe, whenever yeah. a random ghost army comes to save the day, I am out. That is bullshit. That is a, that is a like. Anti-ghost army. Well, it's just like, it's so convenient. Like, now, oh yeah, the ghost army came. You, what are your thoughts on giant eagles coming to save heroes in desperate situations? <laughs> Yay or nay? Giant eagles uh, also, well, are they trained? Well. No, wild. The thing is this, we're proud Americans. So if That's eagles true. show up, it's no big deal. Yeah. Am I right? Go, I, go I, birds. Yeah, go you're birds. right. Yeah. Go if birds. Nick Foles just wung his way down, 2019 <laughs> Nick Foles just wung his way down and lifted me up, that yeah. would be perfect. I like how, you had to date the Nick Foles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> India, what about houses that grow from acorns? How do you feel about that? Oh, yeah. I don't I don't Good. get that. I don't get that reference. I was, I'm very cold on that as well. I'm very, very cold on that as well. <laughs> How do you feel about the aerosol? <laughs> I don't even, you know what? All right. That's so basically jo- jo- Ghost Josh, Army 2. <laughs> jo- Josh, how is how is this kind of brawl with the assassins? Really, I mean, visceral and very well written, but yeah, ultimately devastating. I, but I mean, so, so many, like these, these motherfuckers know how to kill and almost survive. Oh, poor Mallet and what's his face with the barrel. Kind of funny though. Uh, oh, and then maybe, then maybe the bard Fisher just like slaughtered eight of them and then vanished kind of up in the air on that one still. So that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. To me, this is one of the few times the assassins of Darugistan really feel like a potent force. Correct. Yeah. But it took, it took like 20 of them for five retired soldiers. <laughs> yeah. But what I mean is like, I think in the first book, you really don't see that much of mm-hmm. them. And when you do, they're just kind of like weird. I feel like faceless, faceless enemies for our heroes to fight. And they always yeah. lose. Where here, it's like these guys just showed up. Boom. They killed all these guys. And like, yeah, it was an even thing, but like, they're going to fight heroes. So of course heroes have like, are going to kill more, but you know, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like they're more threatening here than they are at other times in the series. I remember in the first book, I think Crocus Cutter was running from an assassin. Yeah. And like, I remember just thinking like, this boy's like 14. And yeah. he's just outrunning, outsmarting, and like the most deadly force. And then they all, like, I think at one point, um, what's her name? Sorry? Sorry? Is that her name? Absolutely. At the time. Sorry, who? Uh... Ha! 
Um, she killed one. Like, I don't know. They just always die and they always die on certain. Like, they are just not. But There's also like six of those one point of view chapter, like paragraphs mm-hmm. that are like just some dude named Smashel Mom Bomb. Yeah. Right. And then, like, you know, they, they die. Gun to, your, gun to your head. You can't say that again. <laughs> Smash on mom pump. There you go. And yeah, then you they, did it. Then they die at the end of the scene or yes, something. Yeah, like with yeah. Relic Nom too. Yeah, like, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. yeah. So it was just it was just surprising to actually. There's like see. three at the start of this book. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those two ghosts. A- AJ, what you anything to add about this sequence? No, I, I think it was wild. I think it's been a bit since we've had like a, a, a like a big battle scene. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. I feel like it's the first really. It's like the first thing like this in this book. Yeah, it was a welcome kind of break for my brain in a chapter to be like, okay, this is the stuff that's easy to envision and I don't have to do any like critical thinking. I can just mm-hmm. like see someone get shot and then it's like sad when stuff happens and obviously it's affecting, but like I know what a crossbow, <laughs> I know what a crossbow in Mallet's stomach and then a knife in the eye looks like. Like I get, I get it. Like I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't need to like, I wonder what that means. You know, it's just like. Uh, it, and it's also easier than like the magic in the last book where it's like yeah. a whirling whirlwind of death and bones yeah. killed them all. Yeah, right, this is right, easier. Right. But no, it was um, good. I liked it. Good old fashioned fighting. This brings us to our last scene. Pete's favorite scene. Chalice and Crocus have a chance meeting. Mm-mm. India, where are we headed? Bone Town. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I feel like this was, who was expecting this? I was, but yeah. it's in, it was, I don't know. It's interesting because Crocus is not the same like as person that she obviously knew. So I thought it was interesting, but. I'm I'm cold on Crocus and I'm hot on Chalice, so I do not ship this union. You don't mm. ship it, no. Mm. AJ, do you think how how do you feel like this is gonna go? I, I mean, I don't know. I I can't say how it's gonna go because I really have no idea. I think if anything, I I I don't know. I I could see it either going like she will like kill her husband or something, or just like run off uh. with Cutter or something, or. Cutter thinks that's going to happen. And she's like, no, I can't do that, you idiot. I'm like married to this guy. Like this is my, this is my thing in this, in this city. I don't think we've got a full view. Like obviously she has kind of a, a chalice has kind of a like want for, for freedom, I guess, or like a want to just kind of do whatever she wants to do. Um, But also I think she's, was raised and is just like so entrenched in this kind of system of nobility and like the stuff that nobles do um, that I don't know if we'll see her cast that aside or not. Mm-hmm. Cause I certainly don't see her like, she's not going to like hang out with Cutter for the rest of the series. You know what I mean? Like she's not coming into dust of dreams and crippled God, like wherever, where, where Cutter's just, you know, doing whatever the fuck fighting, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ or something like she's not going to be there for that. <laughs> um, so, so I, I truly, I have no idea. I have no idea. Did, did someone spoil that for you, AJ? <laughs> when, <laughs> when the Judeo-Christian God shows up, it's like, hello, it is me. <laughs> <laughs> it is me. We will do battle. <laughs> Chalice to Arles. Um, Josh, do you, Josh, do you ship these two? No, Crocus and Sorry Till I Die. Yeah. yeah. I do want Chalice to murder her husband, though, and then I want yeah. her to uh, go to Cutter and be like, be with me, oh. and then I want him to say no, and that sparks her journey of personal growth. Oh, interesting. Yes. Interesting. I like that. Uh, I do just want to note that she, we, Cutter says like, oh, uh, she didn't correct me that her, her, you know, her name's not Chalice to Arl, but Cutter didn't correct her when she called him Crocus Younghand either, uh, which I thought was interesting. Yes. Interesting point. Mm. interesting point yeah well we well that's gonna be the last of Darugistan for the first half of the book so time to turn our eyes south we're halfway done the book pretty much well no that's part that's the first two parts (laughs) i don't think we are halfway through the physical book Uh, uh, we are just shy of being halfway through the book the book is 1200 and the ending is a bit beefy 69 pages but and we're on page 630 so we are we are just shy a malazan book having a big ending peter i can't believe you'd even make that joke (laughs) before we move on we'd like to take a moment to thank everyone who backs us on patreon joshua could you uh send them our send some thanks i love doing this 
The list isn't up yet. Let me. Can I, I can just throw some names out of ones I expect to see. Yeah, just throw just throw out some <laughs> names of close personal friends you feel like have really supported you in my life in general. First off, Corey, my my old librarian. Thank you, Corey. Corey, what we- up? Weekly listener. She listens. She loves this show. You're the best, Corey. Uh, wow, she after- listens to this shout weekly out. show. Yeah. <laughs> this bi-weekly show weekly. That's crazy. Yes. Uh, I guess I'd shout out if my student Alex is listening. Stop listening to the show. Alex, stop listening. You heard it here first. Also, Alex, you have COVID right now. Feel better. Damn. Feel better, Alex. Feel better. Really, really strange shout outs section we got going. <laughs> yeah. India, anything, anyone you'd like to shout out? Um, I'd like to shout out my friend uh, Jillian. She's letting us record in her apartment basement right now. So we good. are in a basement under a blanket. So it's good. very nice, though. It's like a whole living room situation. I'd like to thank, um, shout out my mom. Okay. My mom is... Just, you know, just really cool. And then lastly, I'd like to shout out, that's it. All right, <laughs> All right just want to quick get my shout out in. I want to shout out, what up? Thanks for getting me here. You got a, you you took here? Yeah, baby. I love wow. that. Wow. Although, AJ, cut that. I don't want to give them free publicity. Yeah. Agreed. If they don't pay, we don't say. Nice. Yeah, so, nice. so bleep that. Okay. Josh, are you going to read the... Yeah, what up? We got three this week. Shoutouts to my homies, Jared, James, and Asin Onyx. You read that better um, than I would have. I was reading it as Asinonyx. I was going to, and then I saw the word Onyx, and I just decided yeah. to really lean into that. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for contributing to our Patreon, everybody. That Star Trek episode will be up eventually. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I just put up my Doctor Strange thoughts. All right, uh, here we go. Chapter 12. In the salon, recalls Anamander Rake, Silchus Ruin, and Anderist speaking together in Parkanus, preparing for war. They speak of the grave sin of spilling your kin's blood, betrayal, and Endus wonders if they knew then that they would be torn apart. Endus then speaks in the present with Ruth, speaking of Jagut and Forkul Asaeum their differences, and what they stand for. Seer Daman kills a conspirator and thinks about soldiers and their guilt and what it means to fight and kill for justice. Selind is going to visit the Redeemer, thinking about faith and what a church of the Redeemer would look like. She is abducted by Gratithin, who forces her to drink Simon Kellogg. In the bar, Spinnick and Seer Daman speak about Seer Daman's killing, the sparing of murder, and the tale of Whiskey Jack. They realize what is happening with Salad, and Seer Daman quickly leaves. At camp, Samar, Traveler, and Carson talk about histories, civilizations, and the old empire. At Bastion, the Andy are carrying Cliff and sneaking into the city. They enter the building, and Desra fights through priests inside. Nananda and Kedivis are fighting, but are pushed into the building. Skintech helps Commander with Clip's body, and they are pushed into the building. They enter the altar room, and Commander feels strange. Seer Daman thinks Spinnick should have helped sooner, and as he gets closer to Salon, he is knocked out by Gratifin. Seer Daman is dragged into the tent, and they speak of the dying god. They can almost taste the faraway sacrifice. Seer Daman hears Ipkovian, who tells him what he has to do. He has to fight Salon, who is under a storm of darkness. Ipkovian speaks of gods and answers, and Seer Daman rises to fight Salon. Animander Rake comes to speak to Spinnak at the tavern. Spinnak holds his tongue about Salon, and is told that it is all right to fail, but the impossible is not expected of us. Skintik tries to follow the others and sees the dancing all around him of the followers of the dying god. Namander finds himself in a strange room filled with dolls, almost like scarecrows. The dying god speaks of consuming so many gods and their powers, then of riding machines, then sets his eyes on Cliff. Namander thinks one of the dolls must be the god and starts attacking Seer Daman meets Salon in battle. Orantha joins Namander in speaking of the dying god, 
then summons him, speaks to the husband of Nightchill, Ballardin Skullcrusher, and holds the puppet in her hand. The human followers of the dying god have been killed or fled, and finally Clip awakens. Seer Damon holds off Salin, and she retreats. Seer Damon says he will stay by the Redeemer to give him someone to speak to. Monkrat and Gratithin look at Seer Damon's body and call for more help. Solana wakes, but Great calms her. Kalor walks towards an upcoming convergence. Thinking on his power and failure, he decides to destroy civilization. So, Josh, here we get kind of a, what's that? A little Carcanus prequel series sneak peek. Woo! A little flashback. You know it. What's your, what's your interest in this prequel Carcanus stuff? Uh, very little as of this moment. I, I'm learning that it's about this Andy city, which, I mean, there is a part of me that's interested in that, to, like, see the Tisty Andy before they became very, like, emotionalist. Uh, so, I, I mean, that could be interesting. I just... It's not something that I want right now, but when we finish the 10th book, maybe. You know, it's possible that I'll, I'll decide, like, you know what, I do want some more. Let me go on and, and you know, read all of, read about Kirkhanis. But at this moment in time, it is not something that I'm, like, you know, dying for. But it seems interesting. Okay, so, so <laughs> Pete's lost connectivity. I'm going to yeah. read his question. <clears throat> read their question. Mm-hmm. So, AJ, would you say you're more <laughs> of a jag hut or a forkerel asail? <laughs> um, personally, I think I'm kind of more of a jag hut because the jag huts seem, for the most part, pretty, no pun intended, chill. Um, and the forkerel assails seem like all they want to fucking do is murder. See, um, uh, but see, I think I'm, I'm the opposite. See, I think forkerel assail are passionate. Oh, and I think the Jackhead are kind of cold. They're a little cold. Yeah. For my, for my, my care. I think that still holds for me. I hate to say it. I'm not a super passionate person. I hear you. That's fine. You know, things I like, I do like, but I'm not like, uh, I'm not one of those people that'll, that'll get super into a thing and then like look up everything I can about it most of the time. Uh, unless it's like something like Metal Gear Solid, which for some reason really grabbed me. But, oh, uh, I love that. I've never played a single game and I don't understand it. Ooh, there's so much out there, but I think that's what it is. I think it's like stuff like Metal Gear Solid that has like a bunch of like gray areas or seems like generally pretty obtuse or like Undertale, which is like purposefully mm. underwritten in some areas. Uh, or uh, I was just thinking of another one the other day and I can't remember what it is. Uh, but stuff like that where I can like get into an online community. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got uh, you. That's really cool. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Yeah. So I think what I'm saying is I think Jag Huts are super into uh, theory craft uh, YouTube uh, videos. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. I just feel like Forkerless Sales have big golden retriever energy, and that is my what? That, is that what that means? I keep seeing it on. No, TikTok. I mean I get what you mean, but like, would you say a Forkerless Sale has that energy? Why? I mean, you know, if you were like, I think they just seem very easily distractible. And I really, I really jive with that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, we saw What's-His-Face has been doing the dumb shit in his little fake room for, like, literally, like, millennia. Uh, Gothos has been doing his shit for the millennia as a jack He's, hut. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I feel like a fork or a sale is just way more just kind of like, what are we doing? All right. And just kind of, mm. like, going with it. Yeah, fair enough. Josh, can I ask you a question? How are you playing Elden Ring? Badly. <laughs> like, well, but like, what's your, what's your, do you have an MO? Yeah, really? so here's the deal. Yesterday, one of my kids fucking clowned on me really hard. Uh, he's beaten the game eight times already, and he like God. fully, he fully dissected everything I've done wrong. Uh, <laughs> and, and I, I, I might restart. Right now, I've got this like shitty Faith Dex build. And I need faith to just. Dex. Dude, it was a mistake. I started Faith because I liked the the character with the spear and shield. Mm-hmm. I got through Margit and Godric with my fireball spell. And then I kind of really wanted to go more melee. I found the Uchigatana, switched to a dex build. But mm. then I like realized I didn't want to just use the Uchigatana. So I was going back more towards Faith. I got a cool scythe built up to that. But that scythe, which I spent a lot of levels getting the stats for kind of handles like dog shit and i yeah. don't like it so that winged scythe right yes winged yeah. scythe yeah and i'm in the academy and i just i don't have a really 
good ranged ability other than my fireball, which has too big of a windup. Those motherfuckers mm-hmm. just blast so fast. So I might restart when the summer hits. I don't think I'm going to play it much till till the end of the school mm-hmm. year. So mm-hmm. and then I might just restart and go from there. I was really asking because I feel like I'm playing mine in kind of a jack hut way where I'm just kind of like meandering through every single like place. I'm like, oh, what's over mm. here? I'm just yeah, kind of yeah. chilling. I'm vibing. I'm, you know, whatever. I will spend I will spend a long time just like trying to defeat one enemy to try and get to an area that I don't even know if I really need to get there yet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're playing it as a four color sale, I feel like you're just quickly moving around. Uh, Josh, you really just have to power through and get through, get through the, uh, I know I have to beat the, the Academy and then I can respec and I, I'm going to take, a, I'm going to give it the old college try right next to my play. I'll, I'll play for a couple days and see if I can get through it. If I can't, I'll just restart. You know, yeah. that's life. I, I think We're there's back. a good chance I'm going to restart. Hey, you guys, you guys are back. We did it. Josh, I don't know how much is, how much of that's going to stay in the podcast, but I hope, uh, listeners that you enjoyed Josh and AJ's, uh, <laughs> hangout time St- stall stalling for others moments <laughs> yeah. aj did you answer my question for curl sailor jacket yeah i think i'm a, i think i'm more of a jacket um because they seem no pun intended more chill what did you make of this conversation about their philosophical ideas yeah we really kind of uh, i mean we, we look we can move past it aj and i ironed this out you know the audience <laughs> all right you've it. ironed it out i will take your word i did not listen to it but you know let the listener be the judge no i think uh i think this scene was nice to see calendar and brood again that's fun i don't know um he's the big camera you did not seem stoked on calendar and brood when we talked about it last week me the gang i like calendar and brood he's cool who didn't seem stoked about calendar and brood all right well we can move on uh josh <laughs> There's this whole conversation around guilt here. I would say there it's a pretty heavy mood. Oh, with with Seardeman, sorry, sorry. Yeah, with I mean, I think right now most of what Seardeman's talking about is pretty fucking heavy. So mm. not yeah, I think, super. I shocked. think Seardeman feels a fair amount of guilt. I think that is being generous. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I really like getting into his head. I think he's a very interesting character overall. Um, we we do hear a lot of soldiers' perspectives throughout the uh, the series. So, but I do I think Sirman is is about as eloquent as they come for you know a murder man for hire. India has declared to me guilt is a useless emotion. Oh, I don't believe in guilt. Now, do are do you think Sir Domen's mm. just? I think that Sir Domen doesn't have a lot going on. And like would rather just focus on the negative, you know, but at the end of the day, like, what do we really think the Seer Domin was going to be like, like to want to be hanging around the fucking Redeemer? Like, did we think that he was going to be like a, a happy go lucky guy? It Covian was a big like guilt. Give me your sadness. I'll take it on. Do you know if you think guilt is useless? What about regret? Do you think they go hand in hand or can is one OK? No, there's a difference between regret and guilt. Guilt is a useless emotion mm. because. Um, there's no point in feeling like you shouldn't have done something because you already did it. Regret, however, I think teaches you to not do it again. I love this. Interesting. I love that. Okay. I hate guilt though. I don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. Don't feel guilty about anything. Hmm. So don't feel, don't feel sad about the thing. Just learn from it is what, and, yeah. and do better in the future. Yeah. Right. Do better is my favorite line to tell people. Do better. Like if you're in it, like, that's why I hate the word sorry. I hate when people say sorry to me. Would you don't rather say, say Don't Absalar? say sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 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 podcast, baby. Well, I don't know. I, 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 me and Indy have talked about this before, but I, uh, I feel lots of guilt. That's the Catholic life, baby. Mm. Mm. So you're not going to talk me out of it. I guess not. All right, uh, Josh. Yes. The only thing I care about, we can't just skip to. So let's try and get through some of this. All right. So Josh, Saland has a bad time. Yeah. In this chapter. I think a lot of bad things in these books happen to people because they forget that uh, people are shitty. Uh, Or that God's... That happens to lots of people. Yeah, I know. But just like, what is she thinking? Oh, our God... His awesome whack right over the head. Like it happens so often in these dumb books where someone just becomes like, ah, I've been given a vision and instantly knocked out by some asshole who, it, it, I don't know. People just get it in their heads that all things, all bad things are gone and then they're not. And it irks me because I don't think that is truthfully great motivation for characters. 
You know what I mean? Like, I, it, it is very hard for me to understand Selind, who has until this point been a pretty darn level-headed person, just walk okay. back into this barrow that she has not been at for days, completely unguarded, half-sick. Like, it just makes no sense to me. And I, yeah. I, I did not like the motivation of her going back, personally. Let's see. Mm. Like, you didn't believe it. Yeah, it just felt like, well, she needs to go here and get hit, so it's got to happen. <laughs> I agree. I actually really do agree with that. Yeah. AJ, how did you feel? Um, I mean, I get what you're saying, Josh. And it's like, I don't know, I guess it's a bit frustrating, but like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if like, like, what's your what's your main issue with this stuff that had happened here that she just like went and, and didn't think about the fact that there are bad people around like uh, that were probably going to knock her out or whatever? Uh, yeah, like yeah, the Redeemer I, spoke to her through pregnant woman and she was like, all right, now time to enter into this barrow that is that when I last left was on the verge of utter chaos and consistently featured murder and rape. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure has only gotten completely fine and fixed in the four days I was asleep in a temple. Yeah, that annoys me. And then later with the Sirdaman and and Spinnock thing, Spinnock just not fa- like Sirdaman just not being like, Hey, Spinnock, you should 100% come help me because I am one human. <laughs> and there are a lot of them. Like, that also annoyed me. But I get it. The the scene that happens later had to happen. So, but I, I don't know. Just, it's one of those things where, like, a movie only do you mean, ha- Do you mean the fight between them? Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like one of those, like, I, and I understand there is character reasons why Sirdoman isn't asking for help. But it also it also seems crazy that Spinnock doesn't follow Seardman at all. I don't know. It's just a lot of people being bad at, at thinking through things or talking to each other, and all of it annoyed me. If mm. any one of them had spoken to any of the of the other three and shared their thoughts or plans, then they wouldn't be dead or whatever they are. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but part of me, and I think this just comes down to whether you buy into this character's or this motivation or something is seeing it more as kind of this tragic situation that kind of happens because of how these people are and kind of are broken in a sense and not like, oh, well, like, why isn't Spinnock whatever, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. I so, hear you. I, I, mean, I, I get what I, you're saying. Yeah, it's backed up by character motivation. I just like, it seems illogical, it, like like a bit too illogical for me to fully buy in. But that's just mm. me. It's fine. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Mm. Well, I, we'll we'll loop around on in this. India, did anything jump out of you in the conversation at the camp with Traveler and Carsa and them? I like Traveler and Carsa. I like that they are like boys. I also something that's that I thought was funny was that when um Calor says that he's gonna destroy civilization, I feel angry. I'm like, fuck you, Calor. Like who do <laughs> yes, you think you are? Yes. When Carsa says he's going to destroy civilization. I'm like, yeah, Carsa, go for it. Destroy those motherfuckers. So I I think that if I learned anything from this, like these are high key, my new favorite characters, Traveler, Car- Traveler Carsa, and Samar are like the trio to beat. I think it's funny that Samar is kind of like, like thought that maybe Traveler was going to be a little more um, like, I don't know if she, if she was just like concerned about how Carsa was going to react or like, whatever but it turns out that she's just becoming a third wheel on this bromance and i am here for it mm. so that's how i felt i really enjoyed it i really liked it i really like traveler i love carsa and uh, i'm really um pulling for him to destroy civilization but you're not pulling for calor to destroy civilization absolutely not there's a huge difference from when carsa says it and what calor means when he says it when mm. carsa says it he it's very hot <laughs> When and, he, no, it's not even that. It's just like, it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I really like it. I love Carsa. Like, um, I would let Carsa destroy me. I would not let Caller destroy me. Facts. In, in any Carsa sense. In any sense. Yeah, any sense of the word destroy that you wish. God. I agree. Carsa, and you know, but maybe it's just like we haven't seen like a, like any good side to Caller, which is probably what it is. But Carsa, it's like, he's funny. He's silly. Like, he kills people, but it's funny when he does it. <laughs> to tell me it's not what? funny when he does it. Honestly, Are you kidding? honestly, I fully, I fully understand where India's coming from. Thank you, I Josh. Fully got it. Here's here's one thing about Calor. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'll recall that he was talking about uh, the mother of his children and how sometimes he would lock them in these towers. Correct. You know, he at least gave them a tower. That's kind. Literally, 
The, his reasoning for doing so was so rude. <laughs> like they get old and it's like, eh, gotta lock them away. They're good for nothing. And also kill their children. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. There's nothing redeeming about no, that. No one's, no one's ever built me a tower. When you put it like that, you're not wrong. But also it's giving like, it's giving like um, Rapunzel vibes. Like you can't Rapunzel leave vibes. the tower. Oh, it's bad vibes. Uh, right. But. Like like Shrek and Fiona vibes. Um, Fiona in the tower. Shrek put a Fiona in the tower? No, but Fiona was in the tower. Hmm. <laughs> I thought it was more of a castle. It was a castle. Well, castles have towers. A, a castle can have multiple towers. I recently rewatched all of Shrek silently on the plane rest ahead of me. So I watched, revisited the great Jesus adventures of Christ. Mr. Shrek. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I need a hero. It is, it is an interesting parallel since I guess we're mentioning it with Kalor talking about destroying civilization. I think it's a, it, it's great. It's good. It's good. It is they, good. It's good. They, it's good. Good job, Steve. Yeah. It's like two different, you know, whatever. We don't need to get into it, but. All right, um, let's get to, I would say, we can get to some of the dancing battle stuff later. Let's get to kind of the heart, the biggest part of this chapter, or the part that interests me the most. AJ, kind of the dying god, house, battle, puppets, all this stuff. Yeah, it's fucking metal, dude. Sick as hell. Tell me about it. Everything. I, I, it was sick. I, I mean, like, just uh, uh, finding the dying god's lair or whatever, that whole speech about, like, we're the bottom feeders and then everything comes down to the bottom, so I know everything or whatever. And then fucking uh, being a puppet because uh, they, they you know, met Hairlock or whatever. And then the are we talking about the reveal of who it is also? do you <laughs> Crazy, right? Fucking yeah, incredible. Fucking, fucking wild. incredible. My man, uh, absolutely bonkers. What the fuck? No way, you guys. Like, t- things totally you did not expect to come back to be in book eight. Hi, no, he's... not at all. And, like, the fact that it's, like, j- just the fact that it's Bellardin at all and the fact that it's, like, oh, because because she, like, threw you out of her body, which I guess is a fucking thing that wizards with a lot of other wizards in their body can do is just decide they don't want one anymore and discard it. <laughs> What are we talking about? This, what are we talking about? This person, about? I when we read book one, I was so not interested in these people. And apparently what a fucking mistake that was. Because yeah. they have come back you multiple fool. times. And I'm still confused on all of them. Because in book one, if you'll remember. They're in like two scenes. They're in less than that. Yeah. They were yeah. like not even like a thought. They were already dead like or some shit. And, exactly. And we only exactly. were getting. Face? The girl was dead and he was mourning her. And yeah. then he right. tries to. It's. Uh, and then. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. And Makes then they're mad. then they're both inside of. Uh, what's her name? Oh my god. Oh, Tattersail. that's Tattersail. what it is. They're inside Tattersail. Tattersail. I knew there was some well, reason they came up again. Well, I forgot they're in Tattersail. They're not both inside. I, it or wasn't only Night Chill. Night N- Chill's inside. No. But this guy, can we hear about this guy another time? And I can't remember It was when. both of them. They were I both. I feel like it was with Silver Fox or whatever her fucking name in was. Silver Fo- in Silver, in uh, Silver uh, Fox. In Silver Fox. Okay. Yeah. They oh, were both. Right. You are. They were both in there. <laughs> they were both in there. Guys, that was, I just want to. Can we just really quickly call out that. I remembered something. Well, well, India, we you remember a Silver lot. Fox yeah. You remember more than you give yourself credit yeah. for. But yeah, she's so, pretty crazy. This always rings in my head as like one of those things. You're like, holy shit, can't believe that came back. Crazy. Yeah. That's, That's just wild. crazy, no, fucking crazy. There's just no clues as to like like how. There's no way anybody would ever like logic their way to this conclusion. No <laughs> way. No way. And also, well, I guess vaguely this is the only other puppet-esque related thing, but it's not like there's a lot of puppet hints before this, no. you know? Yeah, there's yeah. this room um, full of puppets, and I was like, oh, this is kind of like Hairlock, but I never even I knew for a I'm impressed. I'm impressed with the two of you. I fully forgot about Hairlock. I, I read his name like three times before. I was like, who the fuck? Oh, oh as soon God. as I saw puppets, I knew. I, I was, literally knew. Well, you knew what? So well... <laughs> To be fair, Hairlock. Hair- well, but Hairlock Hair is one of those random characters who's in it and like not a huge dude, you know. Hairlock yes, does some yes. shit. Hairlock like Hair-Lock fully gets did cor- some crazy shit. Yeah, Hairlock gets to, like, fully corrupted by chaos and is like yeah, and like traveling, uh, traveling. Who did Hairlock fuck with? Tick, 
talk, talk, talk. Yeah. I, yes, I'm aware, but I'm saying in the grand scheme of the series, if you were like, who's a big Malazan character, you wouldn't be like Hairlock. Yeah, but if you asked me like, who's a big Malazan character in the first book, a Hairlock would be in that list. Okay, Correct. well, if you completely oh changed AJ, the we question. just said the same thing. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I reject your answers full cloth, so... Um, but I guess, but Pete, even so, even now, I wouldn't say like the dying god is a big character in all of Malazan. You know what I mean? Well, like, of course, that would be wrong. Well, <laughs> so then, what's the, okay. So anyway, just because Bellerin's he's not one of these back, mythic baby. characters doesn't. Anyway, yeah. So he's here now. I guess. What the fuck? <laughs> well, he's and here and now, mean? immediately gone and dead. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because the puppet didn't talk when she grabbed it. But mm. oh yeah, also Arantha. Huh? <laughs> what the fuck is with these goddamn Tisty Eater kids? <laughs> tisty Andy. What the fuck ever? I they they uh, they all have magical powers. Also, I really hate when like we we only ever seen Amander fight from his point of view, and he's always like, "God, I'm so bad." And then in this one, w one of them's just like, "I love watching Amander fight." Yeah. He's actually an incredible swordsman. He never thinks that about himself. And I was like, "Well, that's an unreliable narrator then," because I've thought he was shit this whole time. Yeah. Well, it's uh, Desra, right? Because she said the same thing in the last book. She, yes. In the last chapter, she's like, "Yeah, he's only the one of the only worthy ones." It's like, okay, we get you have a crush. Well, okay. He's he's staying humble. Hashtag humble. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. Is that was that good? No, it's great. You, did yeah. you like that? It's good. It's yeah, really, really good. good. It really relate to the Internet. Um, be humble. Mm -hmm. Now you're good, bud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with it. I quit while you're ahead. <laughs> it's a, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that was a great scene. I, well, uh, this is an awesome part. And one of the I have nothing else to say. Cool scene. Neither All good are. stuff. Pretty loved great. it. Loved it. Pretty great. This is what I do. This is what I do. I'm literally sitting next to her. She's opened up the phone to play a game while we're on, <laughs> on mic. I'm a foot away from her. Uh, I'm honestly, part of me is glad we didn't record today because you would have seen how much I just am off task the entire time. Well, if we were in, in my office, to be fair, we would. I would have found be... anything there was to look at and just stared at it. <laughs> Josh, well, did you ever get into the fidget spinner life? No, I don't uh, need my hands to be entertained. I need my eyeballs and brain to constantly have uh, whatever that word is for things to do. Stimulation. Thank Stimulation. you. Shout out. And Amanda Riggs shows up and encourages uh, Spinock to fail sometimes and lets him know that's all right. <laughs> but like doesn't read the like doesn't read the room because Spinock's like, just say I can just say I can follow her or just tell him that I love her. Uh, again, talk. You, everyone should share their feelings more often. <laughs> are you, do you get the impression that Tisty Andy are big feeling sharers? No. Exactly not. And that's why I think they should do it more often. Mm. I feel like they only share their emotions when they're like, this water is much like silence. Yeah, they do love <laughs> that ripples water, deep. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everything's a metaphor. Um, anyways, so AJ, then there's this kind of battle. Yeah. Do ish, you know, there's this Seer Domin and Salon have this battle. What, what do you make of this whole scene? And then when Seer Domin ends up hanging out, <laughs> ends up hanging out. No, I mean, uh, I don't do, know. Do you like how I put that? Yeah, I really, I think it's really exactly, exactly what happened. Um, I, I don't, I think it's like really sad, uh, actually. Um, because, yeah, because, like, yeah. uh, it's, you know, it's sad what happened to Salon. I don't know. And for her to like, I don't know, I guess finally like, Except the redeemer or whatever, which I guess was her whole, you know, the the the, the culmination of her whole whole arc. Uh, if she didn't become some sort of uh, gross weapon, but to, to you know, I don't know. It's 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 just sad, I guess. Um, but in a way, you know, she was talking about earlier, right before she went back to the thing, she was you know having her conflict of faith or whatever, and it's like you know, what's the difference between a cult and a religion and. Uh, sure. She's you know, thinking about what the church would be. Right. And all that stuff. Um, she's like, well, I have to go do this. I have to go, you know, accept the redeemer so that I can ask him questions and stuff like that and force him to whatever. And I think in a way, her having been corrupted and forcing Seer Damon to like fight and all this is kind of also doing that same thing of like, uh, you know, strengthening his convictions uh, in favor of the redeemer, I guess. I don't know. That's just me trying to make make kind of a good a good read out of this like really shitty thing. Yeah. I I loved her whole inner battle about like you know if if a god will forgive anybody for mm -hmm. anything with no work you know does that make it you know somehow lesser? There's mm. no work involved. 
Mm. I loved that. I thought that was so fascinating and like easily was like, oh, Steve, you're just planting all of the seeds of like all of human corruption of religion. So yeah, yeah. Well, additionally, I think like, how do we forgive bad people? How do you, it's not, I don't, it's not, how do you deal with people who have done bad things? What does it mean to be redeemed air quotes? What does it mean to be forgiven air quotes? Um, Can that be granted by religion? Who gives, who grants forgiveness? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think it's, it's a very interesting topic, especially when you get into churches or gods granting forgiveness. I think it's interesting, too. I I talked a bit in the discord about this in this past week about the difference between like compassion and redemption. Sure. And how Edcovian was, you know, the, the shield anvil and their whole thing is, is compassion at any cost. <laughs> Sorry if you hear my cat meowing. Unacceptable. Uh, but then in death, you know, it's it's this idea of like, how is that interpreted by other people? You know what I mean? Because uh, Edcovian's dead, so he can't say exactly, uh, you know, what he meant or whatever. And it's, you know, I th- it think it speaks more to this idea of of religion generally of just like, you know, nobody knows exactly what whatever higher power may want it's just kind of whatever you (laughs) however you read this person's actions um and whatever you think it it is um and so i think this this distinction between redemption which in my opinion is some sort of like i don't know like achieve achieving like a forgiveness or something or doing something to make up for a thing you did in the past as opposed to like giving compassion freely which was a itkovian's whole thing um which is just like you know being able to look past uh, uh somebody's past i guess um, which isn't any sort of like active, like forgiveness or anything. It's just like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at it, you know, whatever. I don't know. I just think that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think there's a difference. And to me, redemption is something that in theory, someone who's done something wrong is about them. And, you know, compassion comes from outside of that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But yeah, but to touch on the thing you said about the gods, I also think that's what I like about the kind of, staying with the redeemer staying with Edcovian is this comment that obviously as we've talked a lot about in these books about gods and what is the relationship of asking gods and answers from them and what do you want out of it the idea that you and the god kind of have a mutually beneficial relationship and that you and ideology you and a philosophy you and a belief system kind of have a relationship that's a back and forth in which you build on it and it builds on you I think is, you know, obviously a healthier idea than kind of one kind of controlling the other, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. So I I really like some of the stuff here and the fight is sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, Seer Domin hangs out. Seer Domin hangs out and so does Salen. They're both, you know, everyone hangs out and it's chill. You know, nothing to look into. Don't think about it. Clip wakes up. He's insufferable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he is not hashtag grateful. He is not feeling, he's not staying humble. And, uh, lastly, uh, no, uh, Solana and Rake. I heard Josh, I heard you guys talk about them banging earlier. That was like the only thing that got through during the troubled audio. I asked if Animator Rake was a top or bottom and AJ decided Animator Rake is a reluctant kind of tired bottom. Yeah. And unenthusiastic is the word I used. And then I asked if, if I if 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 we thought that he had to be a dragon to fuck, and then AJ posited that it's possible Amanda <laughs> Rake full body inserts into sal- into salon. <laughs> Wait! Holy shit! <laughs> Wait, what? Is that going in the podcast? <laughs> I mean, that this part at least is. I don't know about the original conversation. Yeah, AJ's a fucking horn dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to process that. Um, <laughs> well, listen, uh, that's going to do it for us here today on uh, 10 Very Big Books. Well, I, I mean, Caller talks about Caller talks more about taking the throne of the cripple god and stuff. No, I think I'd like to end on AJ's full body fingering. <laughs> yeah, I, I was the full body. Oh <laughs> well, I just wanted to go out on that. And uh, it's a very strange episode, but I'm glad to have been in the meat space mm-hmm. with India Jones. Mm-hmm. We're hugging. You can't see it, but we're doing. And now we're touching hands. We're really just touching. Nice. Touching. At all times. Wow. And uh, I hope everyone is well. And I hope no one has the novel coronavirus. That's my hope. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. You heard it here first. We hope nobody has the novel coronavirus. That's my new thing for 2022. No novel coronavirus. (laughs) No novel coronavirus and PB and IJ together 
in the meat space. In the meat space. Woo! Josh, do you have anything to say? Predictions? Uh, Predictions or anything to say? Nothing. We don't need to do predictions. Josh, would you full body insert? (laughs) No. Um, Josh, have you full bodied insert? Look, if if my hands and mouth can't do it, God didn't want it done. (laughs) I'm actually leaving this now. Bye, everybody. See you. Josh, you, your students listen to the show. Your students <laughs> listen to the show, Josh. All right, everybody. <laughs> let someone know about the show on the internet. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Um, <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Producer AJ here, and I am so, so sorry. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to give us your thoughts or feelings about this or any of our episodes, you can always email us 10verybigbooks at gmail.com, tweet us at 10verybigbooks, or you can head on over to our Discord, bit.ly slash VBB Discord. That's capital V, capital B, capital B, capital D Discord. That link will also be in the show notes. Thank you to all of our wonderful patrons over on Patreon. If you'd like to financially support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash 10verybigbooks. That link is also in the show notes. And as always, thank you so very much to Dan Gezerick for making our spectacular cover art. You can follow him on Twitter at A underscore W underscore Dan G for the hottest new hit single by Kate Bush running up that hill takes. And of course, the wonderful music in today's episode, including the remixed intro and outro tracks, is by the one, the only Amaranthin from his album Simulant Rain, which you can find along with his other music on Bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 very big books will be back in two weeks on June 24th talking about chapters 13 and 14 of Toll the Hounds. I'll talk to you then and thank you so much for listening. AJ, uh, if you had to guess, mm. would you say Anna Amanda Rake is a top or a bottom when it comes with with, with Solanda or uh, whatever her name is? Solana, that's her name. <laughs> I think I think Amanda Rake at this point is a very unenthusiastic bottom. Really? Yeah. I don't think he fucks. You see, and the, the follow-up question is, do you think they... F- I mean, he's got to fuck in dragon form, right? He's got to, like, <laughs> shift into dragon form and then fuck? I mean, th- there are other options that I don't want to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You've got me intrigued. <laughs> I don't even know what that could mean, AJ. I mean, Josh. <laughs> is there really a more phallic symbol than just the human or the, the human, the human form? body? Yeah. Oh, my God, AJ. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. That's what I'm saying. Wow. God. <laughs> anyway, Josh and India or Pete and India, how you doing?